At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Paulie today as we are live in downtown Las Vegas, Circa Sportsbook and the Circa Resort Casino is our spot as always. Here's what we have coming up on the program today in terms of guests. An hour from right now, Tom Burns going to be on the show, host on SiriusXM, the, the NBA postgame show throughout the regular season in the playoffs. Uh, an NBA better. We'll talk some uh, playoff second round matchups with him. We have some of these numbers now out from uh, last night and into the morning with the series prices, game two numbers, etc. Linda Cohn from ESPN, legendary broadcaster on the show in two hours. Huge NHL uh, backer. We'll talk to her about tonight's games, who she likes in the matchups, and Jay Croucher from Points Bets. I think we'll be talking about the PGA. Uh, actually, check that. We'll be talking about the Memorial with uh, what happened with John Rahm over the weekend. Going back to Saturday. How are you today, pal? It's good to see you. Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you giving me the time and the opportunity. Yeah, it's good to have you on board. Is Early it? riser, are you okay? You sat in with us with like uh, humans a couple weeks ago when we were on vacation. So I'm kind of a freak when it comes to early rising, so I just filled in for Gil the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, average wake-up time is like 3 o'clock. So. Do you I'm need in. the alarm at this point or no? No, it's one of those where, so I go to sleep late and wake up early and then make up for it throughout the day. Yeah. But like I'm really nervous that I'll miss the alarm. So I wake up like every probably like 45 minutes and like check my phone. Like, okay, I haven't slept through it. Yeah. It's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. We'll be spending plenty of time. Your wheelhouse is the NBA, but of course you uh, cover and gamble on a lot of the other sports as well that we're going to be touching on today. NHL playoff games tonight and the NFL, no doubt. We'll be spending some time discussing the Julio Jones trade and what it bet uh, to the betting market across the country with the Titans numbers and the Falcons numbers. Um, and then we're coming off that uh, huge spectacle last night in Miami. With the boxing match that went the distance, <laughs> and Floyd could not knock out Logan Paul. Uh, did he? He couldn't, or he didn't want to. Like I, I th- we're doing the same thing with these guys, like Ben Askren, Floyd Mayweather. You get the paycheck. You get in. You get out. Right? Askren, you get finished to the first round. Get out. Collect the paycheck. Uh-huh. Floyd, get in. You know, hug, box a little bit, pop him in the face once or twice, and then get out. Hey, what? It was a mad flurry from Paul right away in the match, right? But that's what these guys typically. I mean, it was so funny to watch. The career records last night, Floyd 50-0, undefeated, one of the best of all time. Here's Logan Paul, 0-1. And he comes out, and he's, just, he's swinging for the fences the entire time. You're like, and Mayweather's going to let him gas out? Like, have, is, 
I mean, I know it was a while ago when he fought McGregor. Right. I'd like to say, are these guys never going to get used to this? But it doesn't happen very often. And plus, they're not professional boxers. Right. Well, and you know what it reminded me of? Remember the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight? There was like a point, like multiple times that fight where Pacquiao's like swinging for the fences. Yeah. And it's flurry. And they're just blows glancing off of Floyd like nothing's head. It was the same thing. Floyd's just sitting there just like, all right, it's yep. fine. Like, it, it was, look, if you paid for it, I mean, I guess you got what you were asking for. You got a full eight rounds and Chad Johnson got finished and it was a spectacle. But I, I think those have a pretty short shelf life when you look at what happened last night. Let's hope so. I can't wait to see the numbers today on how many pay-per-views because, yeah. like, in terms of, I don't know what this means, but in terms of, like, social media and my feed last night, that's all it was. It was just brrr, nothing but, like, the Floyd fight. Update after round two, after round three, Paul's looking good, whatever, it's going to go the distance. A lot of people were involved better last than night. than I thought but, he was. <laughs> yeah. Floyd. So we will uh, discuss updated numbers after the weekend's action, series prices. We'll get into the Julio Jones trade as well. But uh, i got to get JBT's thought on the opening number between the Jazz and the Clippers. We'll do that coming up next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Atlanta Falcons traded wide receiver Julio Jones, a seven-time pro bowler, to the Tennessee Titans for a second-round pick in 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2023. Titans 25-1 with a Super Bowl, Falcons 100-1. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, East Division second-round game five today. Bruins laying $1.80 at home against the Islanders, plus 165. Five over at the TD Garden. Series even at two games each after the Islanders beat the Bruins 4-1 in Game 4. Montreal can close out their series against Winnipeg today at home. They're laying $1.50 against the Jets. Be sure to check out our new betting splits feature on vcin.com before you place your next bet every day. We're posting the latest splits for games at current odds and what percentage of bets and money being placed on each game. Go to vcin.com and check out the betting splits plus live odds, line moves, and game analysis. Makes vcin.com the best place to visit before your next bet. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money. With your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. There is a new feature on the website, which is vsin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And, of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. Mitch Moss along with JVT here on a Monday, and we'll kind of recap what took place over the weekend here to begin things and then move forward with the latest numbers. And in the NBA, yesterday's action, first of all, to close out that Game 7, the the, the Mavericks were game, and they showed that graphic graphic again yesterday when they were leading at the end of the first quarter. They were 30-2, and and that we were all over that going back to the beginning of the playoffs. Once they led at the end of the first quarter, they were just so great throughout the regular season, and then, you know, trickled over into the playoffs a couple of these games against the Clippers. But as we saw, I mean, Luka ran out of, uh, out of some steam. And by the way, like, he was so good in the first quarter in the first half in these games, and that would fade eventually. And he just, he needs some help. Yep. And at halftime, when it was a, you know, very competitive game, I'm thinking to myself, I tweeted this out, who do you trust right now on this Mavericks roster to kind of step up and help him? I love Finney Smith's hustle and uh, how great he was on the boards in the first half. But I'm like, they're going to need more than that. They need other players, you know, other than Luka to score 40 every single game to beat this team. And when the shots are not falling from, you know, Hardaway or Przingis is giving them, you know, not much at all. Like They just, they don't have a lot on the team overall. I'm sorry, they don't. No, you're right. Like, look, so Przingis for the series, 13 points, five and a half rebounds on 47% shooting, 29% from three, right? Tim Hardaway, who shot 60% in the first two games. Yeah. Games four through seven, 14 and a half points, 35% from the floor, 23.5 from three. Jordan Finney Smith for the series was good, but we're only talking about 10.3 points per game and 38% shooting from the floor. He was a 39% shooter from behind the arc, but like you need a little bit more outside of that. And that was kind of like when you watched the first two games of the series, for me, it was like, okay, as you move forward in this, and I was even going back and forth with a couple people, it was like, do you expect the Mavericks to shoot 47% from three for this entire series? Because mm-hmm. if that's not going to be the case, yeah. 
then this isn't really a sustainable formula for them. And then sure enough, you win, you lose four out of five games, right? And then you get outscored by 10.7 points every 100 possessions over that stretch because it's just not a sustainable formula to have Luka do what he was doing. Like, I think the, the meme on NBA subreddit was Kristaps Porzingis no longer allowed to be called the seven-footer. He's now five foot 27 inches because he plays like a shooting guard. He really does. He's like, there's nothing left for him in terms of a, like a post presence. And that's why Not the Clippers were able to get away with playing Nick Batum at the five throughout the last few games of the year. Doesn't it feel to you, and I know that uh, we each have the Clippers taking on the Nets in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't feel great about that, obviously. Um, it feels to me like if the Clippers were to actually advance and get to the NBA Finals, doesn't it feel, and I'm, maybe playing to their level of competition is not accurate, but doesn't it, I think this team is going to have to go like six, seven games against all of their competition, like we saw against the Mavericks, and then they're going to get by in like very close games and very tight series throughout, and then if they get there, we're like, wow, yeah, there's, you know, they're very good, they have Kawhi, they have Paul George, I just, I don't see the Clippers like, if they get by the Jazz, this baby's going six, seven games minimum in my opinion. You know, it's if they get by the team after this, either the Nuggets or the, uh, the Suns, like that series to me would be going six or seven games. A lot of the games would be tight. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they're better than they showed in that series, right? Like I have, I have a lot of confidence in them in the series against Utah. And, and I think part of what we saw against oh, Dallas you do? was... Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah, they, All right, good. And, and I, I think like when you look at it from a couple of perspectives, one, like this series, you know, going back to the unsustainable shooting, that was going to be a problem. Right, like I thought, that, like I even wrote it up. I thought this was a five-game series, and the last five games of the series is what I predicted. Right, you know, a team that was playing well defensively, getting the ball out of Luca's hands, shooting the ball extremely well from deep. Like I think what we saw in this series, the Clippers team that we're going to get from now on is the one that was over these last five games, as opposed to the one that was over the course of this entire series. You know, even you look at a matchup like Utah, right? Utah. It's going to be easier is not the right term because it's disrespectful to Utah, right? But there is no dominant wing scorer who is going to create the mismatches that Luka did, right? There's nobody on that team that's going to command a double team. There's nobody on that team that in a pick and roll is going to command a blitz off of it and then get the ball rotating around to multiple other shooters, right? You know, you have the personnel to match up with the Utah type. And so I think when you move forward from here, uh, and, you know, take this grain of salt, like you said, is my Western Conference winner. But, like, when I looked at them statistically, those last five games, I think, is what you're going to see a little bit more of as we move forward, as opposed to the team that struggled over the course of seven games as you look forward. And dare I say, possibly catching quite a bit of a break if Mike yeah. Conley is not going to be, you know, back to 100% or close. And I know you and I were talking before the show started, or, like, his status. They're going to re-examine before game one, which is, by the way, tomorrow night already. And, uh, you know... You can try to, like, interpret what that's going to mean across the board. You can try to, like, you know, read between the lines, I guess, on this thing. That, to me, doesn't really sound very good or look very good. He had 33 the first time they played this year, you know. And I know one of the games that they actually played, the Jazz were actually favored by seven on the road at the Clippers. There was no PG. There was no Kawhi Leonard in that game. The Jazz beat him by, like, 20. But if Conley is not going to be close to 100%, uh, it's that's a huge loss, right? One hundred percent. Like, look, there's it's one less ball handler, right? Him and Donovan Mitchell split up those duties. He's an excellent catch and shoot three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that, that is one less guy. And like Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles is great, right? But he's not the dribbling off the bounce attack guy that can kick it out to other guys. He's not that big of a threat, and so that just kind of simplifies your offense to a certain extent, especially against a team like Los Angeles. So, no, I'm with you. And like when he the second. That he got injured that day, the report is reevaluated for, before game one. That's troublesome because yeah. that—that that is, you still don't even know if he's going to be ready to go by the time you get to the day that this is going to play. You had all that time off. That, that's going to be a problem for them in this series. I think. I think they need all hands on deck and something like this. You grabbed some Clippers already? Yeah, I got them at plus what is it, plus one forty. I think at Will, uh, Will Hill they were minus one sixty, plus one forty. So I took. Uh, yeah. I took that price. I'm seeing this morning like came down a little bit. Jazz around minus one fifty five. Clips. In that plus one thirty-five territory. By the way, like plus one forty. Two good job. Two, good, okay, two seconds here on Luca. Mm-hmm. The numbers again. How they were so good in the first quarter, and then they just got they slowly declined all the way through the fourth quarter in that series. He scored eighty-five points on fifty-four percent shooting and forty-eight percent from downtown in the first. So. The second quarter numbers: seventy-one points, sixty-two percent from the floor, and fifty-seven percent from three. And then third quarter and fourth quarter, they just completely dropped off the uh, off the map. Forty-four percent and thirty-five percent in the third and the fourth, and then from downtown, thirty-two and twenty-eight percent. They'll get him some help eventually. Mm-hmm. He's still ultra, ultra young, but for him to be this effective and you know to be this good again with the current make of that team and, and to push the Clippers for seven games just tells you how incredible the guy is. And look at that other stat. Uh, at Stat Muse on Twitter had this: 
Luka has 540 uh, point playoff games in his career already. Look at who that's more than. Quite the list. Lillard, McGrady, Irving, Pierce, Ray Allen, Vince Carter, Duncan, Malone. He's played 13 career playoff games. The other guys have played at least 50. He has more 40-point games than Carl Malone in the playoffs? Yep. That's insane. Look, I, I, like, I don't think there's any deny. If you watched every minute of that series, the reason that went seven is because of that guy right there. Of course. Like, it's insane what he commands already so young in his career. Right, the double teams, like, and the, the Clippers were scrambling to find any way to kind of slow him down. But as you mentioned in the second half, too, you know, I, I think it was uh, Stephen Jones who does a great job analyzing the NBA. He put it up like there were times in the second half where they would just blitz him real quick or hedge off of a screen. He would kick it out to Bobon or something. He'd start making his way around the other Mavericks, and then you wouldn't see him on the screen again because he was kind of gassed and he was letting other guys go. Like you need some sort of outlet outside of Doncic to create some sort of shot. And that was supposed to be Porzingis, but like clearly that's not it. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is a really good player. But if he's your second-best player, then your team's got a little bit of an issue. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, the other series in the West, which begins tonight, and the Suns, you know, give or take, they're favored around $2. And the Nuggets are plus 175. When you go back and look at the games this year and uh, where they closed with the totals, they, all, they played all three games, by the way, back in January. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time. And as you can imagine, Jamal Murray had an impact in the regular season. He had 31 in the first game. He had 18 in the second and 26 in the third game. Uh, there was no Porter in game one. He played limited minutes, scored seven in the second game, and he had 14 the third time they played. But the Nuggets took two out of the three. The The totals closed 220.5, 219.5, and 216.5. Uh, two of the three went over. And uh, I think Booker was not did not play in the third game, so Denver went off as a three-point favorite, and that was in Phoenix. But any opinion here on... The Suns laying $2? So I, I bet them in six, like the exact series price and the exact series result, the Suns, it should be clear there. Because, you know, if you look at it just on the, on the surface, right, so Denver gets over Portland, and it's kind of the same issue, right? Your backcourt has been ravaged with injury. We don't know when Bar- what Barton's going to come back, Dozier, all of that stuff. And you look at that, you overcame that with Portland because Portland was the 29th-ranked defense in the NBA. I think they were the third-worst defensive rating for a season we've ever seen in NBA history, Ugh. right? But Phoenix is not the case. So while they have their issues defensively, and I think this is a series where, again, Jokic, who just averaged 30, like what is it, like 38-7 and seven, or 38-5 and five in that series against Portland, is going to be able to do something like that in here. I just don't know if you can make that up in this kind of a series, right? Where, the, where Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to slow you down, play that mid-range game. It's going to be more meticulous in terms of the pace, right? It's not going to be high scoring. So while I think a guy like Jokic could probably have a big series, winning on the margins in a series like this is going to be so much tougher when it's Chris yeah. Paul, Devin Booker, and a defensive-oriented team as opposed to Portland. Mm-hmm. So in the end, the Clippers were actually smart for tanking the last couple of games and avoiding the Lakers? I mean, I guess it seems like it. I kind of thought that you want like the beat-up Lakers in the first round uh, to it, kind it, of take care of business. It was a mistake. I'm just That's yeah. results-based, and right. it looks good now all right. of a sudden. Of course. They knew it yeah. the whole time. Yeah, the whole time, right? <laughs> they, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, the road is really open for them, right? I mean, you take on Utah team, I think they match up well. On the other side, yeah, they get Phoenix or Denver, whoever's going to win that thing. And keep in mind, too, in the regular season, they beat the crap out of the Phoenix Suns. Like, the Suns were yeah. awful against yep. them. You know what I mean? Except for one game which Kawhi didn't play. But Paul George tore them apart. They were really good against Phoenix in two out of three games. So it's it's a really open path for them at this point. You surprised at the Nets-Bucks series price right now? It hasn't really adjusted. It really hasn't moved at all. It's pretty much in the same neighborhood where it was before Game 1. I get it hardens out for Game 2 now, but they lost one of the best players in the NBA in the first minute of that game. I don't know if the Bucks kind of relaxed at that point. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But they kind of blew them out, especially in the second half. That I thought the 8-point final margin was misleading. Yeah. I mean, that, was, that was bumped up to 20. So, like... I think when my whole theme, and I wrote about this on the website, my whole theme with NBA postseason betting is sustainability, right? Like, like when you see what happens in a game, what is sustainable as you move forward, right? It was the Maverick shooting, not sustainable, all these things. So when you look at what's sustainable in this series going forward, like, sure, the Bucks are not going to shoot 17% from no. three again. But the Nets were also the second-best three-point shooting team at well over 40%. They only shot 38% from three. Yeah. The Nets only, offensive rating-wise, only had an offensive rating of 112.7. Like, there's also some things that were not sustainable moving forward that the Nets can do better as a team against Milwaukee. Like, I'm really surprised. I'm with you. I saw that, and I kept refreshing. I'm like, that's got to be a mistake. Like, minus 210 with a 1-0 series lead, by the Exactly way. right. Like, that's the difference. Uh-huh. It's not just the beginning of the series, though, Harden. I was really surprised by that. So, uh, okay, on one hand, 
there there was no Harden in game one. So give full credit to the Nets. That was awesome. On the other hand, like you just said, the Bucks shot six of thirty from downtown. Yep. It goes back to game one of their series in the previous round, where they were so bad shooting uh, from down. But they hit five threes in game one against the Heat. They barely survived. And you, you just knew at that point, okay, that's not going to happen again. Or if it does, it's going to be a little bit later on. But in game two, certainly that can correct itself because Milwaukee's too good yep. and they have too many shooters from downtown. And I fully anticipate, you know, a better shooting game in game two. But also, like I watched this. The, the team play, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, you're going to take 33s in a night where they're not going down, and the Nets have no answer down low. Mm-hmm. Like, you can get whatever you want close to the rim. Why don't you start concentrating on that part? And I just, I don't have a lot of confidence in Budenholzer this time of year. No, you're sorry, right. I just don't. No, they had 35 attempts Milwaukee did at the rim. They drew five shooting fouls. Like, it's there if they want to do it. And I'll tell you what, too, like, I, I get Giannis is developing his game. To me, anything from like 14 feet and beyond is a lost possession. I don't even care if he hits it. I right? neither do I. Right? Like it's it, like the pull-up three in transition, right, that he attempted. Like there were so many different spots where it's like they're allowing you that shot for a reason. You got to work something more out of this. And I think that's what you saw a little bit more too is like while Giannis was great, I think he had what, over 30 points. He had 34 points at 11. But like you just you want a little bit more in that regard. Like I would totally agree with that. But remember, like one of the things that's always bug, bug, bugged me about the Bucs, they were 29th in perimeter defense this year. Yeah, I know. You that know was what a I mean? Like, that was really a thing. That, that, like we, we could talk about them trying things and switching more. But at the end of the day, you're taking on the second best three point shooting team in the league. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know who they could use on this team? Hmm. Dante DiVincenzo. Well, sure, DiVincenzo. <laughs> DiVincenzo. But the guy they had the trade in place for before the season started, Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah. Who was an absolute killer again yesterday for the Hawks. Bro, he's so good. He's ridiculous. It's... And he's playing unbelievable basketball at the right time. And I'm watching both these games. I'm watching game one Saturday night when they couldn't hit a shot into the early morning game yesterday when he's just on fire and he's you know telling the crowd to shut up. Yep. He's giving the old... You know, in Philadelphia, he's, when he hits a big three yesterday, I'm like, put that guy... And... We see, you know, we can see right now what he means to the Hawks. But put him on the Bucks, they're not going to go six of thirty from downtown. Nope, they're not. Well, and you know what's crazy about him too is like, well, one, he's got a lot of like European Championship experience, right? He's played in a lot of big games that aren't in America, so people don't really consider that. But the other is like, he's a lot better defensively than you really give him credit for. He's big. He's got a long wingspan. He doesn't sure. really get moved off of his spot. They could totally use him. That they would have been if they had him. In term, instead of Bryn Forbes, for example, you know how much better this team is? Oh, my oh. goodness. You know, there was a the slow motion kind of highlight that took over. It was one of the games, uh, Hawks versus Knicks in the opening round, when Randall was swinging his elbows. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, I think he was like trying to screen for maybe Barrett, and he came across the top, and he just landed a massive shot on Bogdanovich's chin, and he barely, it barely moved him. Yep. And I was like, Wow, that was impressive because Randall is just a complete beast. He's a tank. He's huge, and he's just swinging. He's in there. Come on, let's go. And he's setting a screen, and he, he caught him like Floyd did last night to Logan Paul, and mm-hmm. he's barely moved like this. He's like, okay, I got you. You're not putting me on my ass. He's sick. If, if anybody hasn't watched him, just go watch Possession of Possession, what Bogdanovich does. He's incredible. Yeah. Well, I think the, the Nets are a little bit light, maybe. I don't know. But I, I do anticipate the Bucks to play a little bit better, especially mm-hmm. from downtown uh, moving forward. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Up next, what the Julio Jones trade meant for the Titans and the Falcons and how the numbers moved at some spots coming up here on VSIN. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Twenty one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with Bet Rivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive best daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in play betting options out there. As always, get 250 bucks in a match bonus. Fastest payouts and only one time play through at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. The offer is valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. You must be 21. To play Mitch Moss along with uh, JVT filling in for the vacationing Paulie Howard. A big move over the weekend yesterday uh, and became official. Julio Jones moves from Atlanta over to Tennessee. The full terms here. Uh, Falcons get a 2022 20, second round pick, and Atlanta gets the Titans four in 2023, and they give back their sixth in 2023. Obviously, in the Titans get Julio Jones, and as you can see right now, you know most books adjusted to similar prices here where. The Titans win total, it was 9, and now it's either over 9 juice, like minus 20 or minus 25, or 9.5 juice to the under. And then the division, depends on where you shop here at Circa, was plus 145, now down to plus 120. I've seen as low as plus 110. Are we adjusting too much here, JVT? To win the AFC, they went from around plus 23.50 to around plus 11.75 or plus $12. And their Super Bowl numbers, obviously, they were split in half. I kind of think so, right? When you talk about the value of position players in the National Football League, wide receivers generally don't really move the needle a lot. And I get it, Julio Jones is a next-level wide receiver, but if you look at when you what ailed the Titans last year, it was a defense that ranks 26th in terms of DVOA, yeah, yeah. Of the lack of a pass rush, and then you look at what the build of this team is, You know, five of the seven corners that were on this roster last year aren't on this team. right? I think it was Eric Eager of the Pro Football Focus had a great one, like, there's a lot of check boxes that the Titans check that are similar to the 2020 Vikings, who didn't really perform that well. So I, I feel like while Julio Jones is really great and Tannehill could thrive with him, do we trust that Vrabel's going to open up this offense a little bit more? 
do we trust that this defense is going to be better? And to me, I say no, which is why all of those adjustments seem really strong, especially cutting the Super Bowl odds in half, yeah. conference odds down to under 12 to 1. That's, I think, protecting against liability. If you're talking about if this team's better, I guess theoretically it is, but I, everything that was wrong with them, they haven't fixed. Look, I mean, if he could give the Titans, like, and I'll say in terms of overall health, what Anthony Davis gave the Lakers a year ago, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, we all had our question marks about AD staying healthy for the Lakers, and rightfully so, because he does, you know, I mean, Charles Barkley nicknamed him street clothes for a reason, right? right. This is a lot of games. I am one of the biggest Julio Jones fans on the planet. I say this as a guy who plays tons of fantasy football, and I've owned him in, you know, whatever, many, many leagues, dynasty leagues, whatever. But overall, just as like a football fan as well, the, the, guy, the guy was never injured, or if he didn't miss as many games as he has, like he would be right there in terms of best receivers I've ever watched with Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. Like he'd be, he, and he's close, mm-hmm. Kelvin Johnson, right? But he just, he's so, he's missed games, and like every week, what are we going to get from Julio? And I also do think that Atlanta, maybe they've screwed it up a little bit with him as well. And I called this a couple of weeks back, kind of the, the Barry Sanders effect with the lines, and I love Barry Sanders as well. But he would, he, Barry would rip, rip off like a 65-yard run down to the two, and then it'd be like, okay, now get out of the game. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. I get it. Maybe he needs a breather, but take him out for one play. And then, like, the play calling down there, they would never go straight ahead. It was always like, you know, a stretch play to the left. You're at the goal line. They could never figure it out. Just removing Julio a lot in or near the red zone was always... Just silly to me. I couldn't understand that. We're running, you know, end of rounds with him. Yeah. Within like the three yard line. Yep. But if he stayed healthy for a full season and he gives him like 15, 16, 17 games, uh, I mean, they're really good. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to be really good on offense. But like you said, he doesn't play cornerback. Right. He's not playing in the secondary. That does not fix the defensive issues they've had. And if you look at some of the offense, this is my always my big question, too. One of my favorite little memes of a couple of months ago where the Titans were first rumored to go get Julio Jones is like, who's stopping this offense, right? It's A.J. Brown, you know, Derrick Henry. And the first response is Mike Vrabel. This is yeah. a team that, right, league average in terms of one wide receiver sets, those one three personnel groupings was 4%. The Titans ran it 9% of the time. Who's your one wide receiver who's out on the field? running on first and second down and setting up th- long third downs, hunting yeah. on fourth and one at midfield. Your D- all of those issues, are they fixed with Julio Jones coming here? And I say no. So they're still going to be good, but if you're talking about odds and where the value is, there's nothing in terms of Tennessee that I look at on the board that, th- that screens that's totally worth investing at this point. Right no, now. like rushing to the window, you know, as the saying goes, right. or pulling up your phone and going to the app immediately, I got to get a piece of the Titans. Right. I definitely do not, especially in the AFC. With the teams at the top? Right. Oh, God. Who knows what they get out of uh, Wentz and Indianapolis, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, a lot to get into with the golf tournament over the weekend. What happened on Saturday was very unfortunate. Uh, more than likely, one of the worst beats of the entire calendar year. And we will discuss what various sports books across the country did with that with John Rom coming up next. Today from the OddsTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. You're going to get real-time bet tracking. You can also compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses all at the website. It's OddsTrader.com. So we will get into what different sportsbooks did across the country with the John Rom um, situation, the withdrawal, you know, pulling out, call it whatever you want. Um, it was a WD, mm-hmm. you know, a forced WD because of the positive COVID test, obviously. And he had a huge lead going into Sunday. How about that moment on the broadcast? Huh? See, okay, let's talk about that for a second here first. And I know that this is a very common, you know, theme today, and it was yesterday as well. But I'm with everybody. How do you possibly do that? How do you possibly operate like that at the very end of the golf broadcast? A couple things. He just finished, right? Nance is on the broadcast. And I went back and listened to the audio like four times. He has no clue what they're about they're to do. They're going to break. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what they're saying to him. Then Rom, can I, can I say this, by the way? John Rom just had a kid, okay? Like a couple of weeks back. 
and you you show this on TV where they're pulling. As soon as he gets off the 18, you're telling him this news, and then he bends over like this. Yeah. Nance doesn't know. The whole country's like, "What the hell happened? Who's thinking COVID test right now?" Yeah. I wasn't. And then all of a sudden, yep, turns out he's positive. For, you couldn't wait another two minutes to tell the poor guy the news. Oh, wait till he's in the clubhouse for me. Yeah. Okay. I see yes. Yeah. Oh no, one hundred percent. Wait until he gets it. Like the second he walks off. And the camera, and then you know the caddy gets mad and shoves the camera away as they're following him back. It was a weird spectacle because it's right there in front of everybody. Yeah, may, maybe I'm in the minority, but that's where my head went. Is like the the guy and his wife just had a baby, right? And now he's going over like I, I don't know what something wrong with his family. It seemed like something tragic had Absolutely, happened. Absolutely, yes. Right. Yeah, it was a weird moment. And look, and it is tragic in his professional sense. It absolutely sucks having the round that he did leading like he was. Of course. Uh, looked like he was going to walk away with it on Sunday. Uh, but you're right. The, that was really odd watching that. And Nance, too, everybody, like the way that they stuck around, they're like, we have to find out what's happening. We have yeah. no idea what's going on here. Yep. Yeah, that was weird, man. Plus, it's a huge like purse, too. Yeah. It's like over $1.5 million. Right. To win, to win that bad boy. Maybe that's why he was doubling over. I could have been. <laughs> sure. Um, what I would have done. And then what happened afterwards, obviously, to me it was the biggest sports betting story of the entire weekend, mm-hmm. where you know certain sports books, uh, in fact, a laundry list of sports books across the country uh, said, here you go, you're going to get paid out on the John Rahm outrights, and we're going to you know, declare your bets before the tournament started as winners. Now, some things were graded as like refunds or losers. I think top 10 finishes, depends on where it was and everything. But out here in Nevada, where we're sitting and broadcasting, John Rahm was graded as a loser. Uh, Westgate graded him as a loser. I know William Hill graded it as a winner. Was that? I don't know if that was across the country. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was in Nevada and Las Vegas as well. Because typically books out here will not do something like this. Um, and I am like almost always JVT going to be pro better unless you do unless you pull some shenanigans and you're trying to pull a fast one that kind of stuff and it comes out that you're a, a, you know ball, trying to take advantage of something. Um, but overwhelmingly, I'm going to be on the side of the sports book. I feel like by me saying that I am like pro-better, a lot of betters in this case will tell you that they actually don't think people should get refunded. Right. A, a, a lot of like pro-betters think this is not the way books should operate. A lot of recreational betters love the idea. So it's kind of like that's where people are torn. It's... To me, it's so different than an injury, right, at this point. If John Rahm had gone out there and thrown out his back, yep. whatever it was, he withdraws, it counts as a loser. So for traditional but you know, I think the term was thrown around yesterday, traditional books right out in Nevada right. were to do that because mostly it was the online books that were doing so, right? DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, in terms of like the bad beat insurance, however you want to phrase it. Yep. But uh, it's no different than an injury, right? This is a different type of error. We're in. Positive COVID tests will knock you out of certain events. And so for something like this to happen, I view it as an injury. Now, it is within any operator's right to do whatever they want. My problem falls with the better who expects that's, this at this point right now. Yeah, and, and that's where we've gotten with this kind of thing. Right. Right, and I saw, like, because Circa was tweeting out. I know Matt Metcalf, they were tweeting out, no, it's a loser here. And Matt Metcalf was like, if, look, I mean, that's how books want to operate, then that's great. I mean, I totally respect that they're, that's their opinion. That's not how we operate, the, though, here at Circa. And, like, the thread that I was going down... And some of the responses, like certain people, and I don't, they're like, they were asking, how is it a losing bet? What, what do you mean, how is it a losing bet? How, how, how is it a winning bet? Right. I mean, the, the guy could not go out there and participate in round four. It was, it's called a withdrawal. So yeah. what do you mean, how is it a losing bet? Of course it should be. Typically, that's going to be graded as a loser. And then other people on that same thread telling Circa, you're never going to get my business. Really? By the way, the uh, the book that arguably has what the best, uh, the lowest hold and best golf odds that you're going to find. Their golf <laughs> odds here are amazing. Right. I I don't know. I just I think you know people got to be careful with how they. That's exactly you said it right. So on something like this now, people are fully anticipating a mm-hmm. refund on their bet, and I don't think that's a good thing. Well, and here's the thing: read the fine print. Yeah. FanDuel, DraftKings. We're talking about site credit. Right, DraftKings dollars, things of that nature. So it's not a it's not a full payout. And again, that is it's really cool to get that back. But you got to play that stuff through. I, I, sure, it's not coming back, and you're withdrawing it right away. But it is, you know. And you also saw people, for example, complaining. Well, round three leader 
Why was my guy a loser? Right? Rom withdrew. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Rom was the leader after three. He withdraws, yeah. can't participate in four. Three would – so – but I'm with that. At the end of the day, it shouldn't be expected that this happens from a lot of betters. And to you know, kvetch about it and get all upset about it, that is something where I kind of draw the line. Every operator has every right to do whatever they want. Sure. But to go after a book like Circa or the Superbook or anything like that and complain when, by the way, I, that's minus. He would have been like minus twelve hundred about. Yeah. In terms of the adjusted odds yeah. of anything. Yeah. Again, not guaranteed that he wins the it's, thing. It's, right. Have you ever watched sports before? <laughs> right. You're telling me that it's an absolute lock that he's going to win the tournament. Now, he probably does, but to sit here and get all mad because you can't get a, a I don't know. And, and you're right. I mean, books can operate however they like. If, uh, you know, like DraftKings, like you said, points bet, paying out uh, the winner. I, I, to me, that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. if I could actually, like, on a lose. I'll give you an example. I bet Eloy Jimenez on some, on some futures, like, to lead the league in RBIs and home runs before the season started. The next day, he went out with that season-ending injury. That would be great to get a refund on that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Not going to happen. I'll go back a couple years ago. I bet Andrew Luck to win the MVP. Three, three days later. Two, three days later. That's it for me, folks. I'm done. I'm retiring. Uh, I think you and I both had James Harden tickets on MVP. We did. I, yeah. I would have loved that, something back on that, too. It would be great to get a refund. Did I complain about it? Do I? Am I mad? And should I expect to be a winner? Absolutely not. He was going to um, win MVP. Pardon? Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. So I'm bitter, but you know, what, do you want, what do you want me to do about it? Uh, only three games today on the Major League Baseball slate. Good time to revisit some futures across the board. And one of the leading MLB reporters in the country has this person in the top three of the MVP right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, 
by James LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the DraftKings Sportsbook today, get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. By the way, we'd love to get your reaction today. The email is ftm at vcin.com as sports betters. Just like your thoughts on how, you know, the reaction that we talked about in the previous segment, how people are, you know, just and who knows if they've even been to Las Vegas before and if they have ever been to like Circa or Westgate or some of these other books. They're like, ah, oh, you're never going to get my business. But they're, they're asking, like when Circa responded, Matt Metcalf said it's a losing bet at Circa Sports. There was somebody on Twitter who said, how is it a losing bet? <laughs> I can't believe that we're here this quickly, like, Wait a second here. You trained that quick? That that was fast. That really happened fast, man. It did. Like the oh no, hold on, hold on a second here. I have John Rom. He can't go. He's got to get. Oh, that should be a winner, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to my book right now. I'm going to go to my app that I bettered at. And I just, it's not. Wait a second here. How dare you not grade that a winner? And it's funny. So remember when this kind of first popularized? It was Alabama a couple years ago, right? When they paid them out early. I think it was DraftKings that paid out an Alabama national championship uh, future super okay, early, yeah. right? And the thought is, like, well, why would you do that? Well, you start to plant the seeds, right? Hey, man, come over, right? We do this stuff all the time. And this is why you see these promotional stuff from a lot of these online books. And initially, you think, what's the point of doing it? And then you get an event like this, yeah. and you see why there's a point of doing this, right? Yeah. Because now you have multiple people who would go, right. I'm only going there because if something like this happens again, I can do it. So it. It is, it is a business plan, and it is very tactful to do that because when something like this happens, then all of a sudden, the fruits of all of that, you get to start picking the tree. And I will say, like again, for like recreational betters and stuff, it is, it's kind of cool yeah. that they can actually help people. Some people don't even, probably don't even know about this. So like, I bet Rom, well, that sucks. You know, and then they go back, wait a second here. Why do I have this credit in my account? Oh, because John Rom, it's like a bad beat kind of thing. Oh, that's neat, whatever. But to have your expectations to that point right now in 2021 – and be disappointed with a book like Circa if they don't pay it out. I mean, it's completely preposterous. How's it a loser? You got to change your expectations. How is it a loser? How's that a losing bet? <laughs> you know, I had the Falcons up twenty-eight to three. How's it a losing <laughs> bet? How? Tell me how that's a losing wager. It's a very good point. Ah uh, man, who do you, do you have anybody in the uh, National League Cy Young race? I do on a, on a bet. I got Brandon Woodruff at fifteen to one. Oh, well, start your bitching right now. Right. It's, it's, file your complaints. So Again, so he, he's been great. I, I don't think he's given up more than two earned runs in four or five starts. I mean, so this good. whole year. He's oh, been so good. incredible. Yeah. And I'm watching over the weekend, Saturday, Arizona. I think he goes five, gives up two. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're blowing it. <laughs> like, like, Jacob deGrom is so incredible that even a performance like that, you just throw up your hands. You're like, well, I mean, I'm, that's probably the performance that ultimately holds me back. Yep. I have, I have Corbin Burns. At fifty to one, nice guy's been absolute nails. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, seven innings, like thirteen strikeouts, couple hits, whatever. But by the way, that's been the cool part, underrated, that they just start back to back. Woodruff oh, and God, Burns. and it's it's just like watching two guys. And of course, you know Degrom's out there still. Yep. But those two as contenders and watching them like on back to back days, and, oh, it's it's such a good race. You know that's why I bet the Brewers last week at eighteen to one to win the National League. Because mm-hmm. look at Peralta again; he went seven and one third, struck out like nine. And I get it; it was a Diamondbacks, not a very good team. And I'm being, uh, you know, nice to them at this point. I say not very good. They're absolutely terrible. But that trio of guys that they can throw out against any team in the National League, that's... that's If that lineup wakes up... And it will. It, yeah. it will. You know, again, Yelich is back here, and they're going to start warming up a little bit. And who knows, at the deadline, maybe can add somebody as well. I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the bullpen outside of Hater. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, but you're exactly right. I have Burns. He's ridiculous yesterday, and I'm like, eh, not going to matter. Right. <laughs> Probably not going to matter. He's like down to $6 to win the MVP. Got him at 50 to 1. Nah, here's DeGrom. DeGrom has three fewer starts than most of these guys, right? 
some of these numbers now. And by the way, I could argue probably right now at minus 150, it's a pretty good number on, on Jacob deGrom. Because it's, if he stays healthy, at some point, I'm not going to be surprised if this goes to like 4 or $5. Mm-hmm. But Burns is plus 650, Woodruff 9 to 1. Like there are some really, we did this like uh, last week, two weeks ago. I forget what the timeline. Scherzer's having a great season. Right now, he's got like no chance to beat out DeGrom. If DeGrom stays healthy for the most part, but he did it again over the weekend. Yep. Padres couldn't touch him. And his overall numbers now, he's got a 0.62 ERA through nine starts. Best ERA by any pitcher in his first nine starts of his season since earned runs became official. In 1912, by the way, in the uh, National League, 1913 in the American League. And Hall of Famer Juan Marichal had the previous record, 0.69 in 1966. Also, he has a 0.57 whip through nine starts. That's the lowest whip by any pitcher through his first nine starts of a season since 1901. That, that to me, is the ERA is great. The fact that you don't let anybody on base. That's that, incredible. That's the more, it's, it's absolutely insane what he's been able to do in that regard. No traffic whatsoever. His last two starts, he's thrown 60 pitches 100-plus miles an hour. I think I saw his average fastball velocity after Saturday is like 99-plus. The average fastball velocity yeah, now. And so, again, this is all based on him staying healthy. He is in the mix right now. I don't know if he can win it, but he's in the mix to win the MVP. And you can break down however you want the contenders. You can look at the odds. Uh, I listened to a spot that Buster Olney did you know, late last week, and he said that he would absolutely have DeGrom in his top three right now in the National League, uh, National League MVP. Not the Cy Young, the MVP. He had Acuna, Chris Bryant, and Jacob DeGrom in his top three. Now, I went back and looked. This is from a column from Buster Olney in 2016. He wrote, for the sake of transparency, I haven't been asked to cast a ballot in the Baseball Writers Association of America Award since 1996 and have not participated in the Hall of Fame voting the past couple of years. That was in 2006. Mm-hmm. But this is, so he doesn't have a vote. But only, you know, he does have a voice. He's great on baseball. This was him talking to uh, 104.5, the team in New York State, uh, late last week. I picked a Grom that would be the MVP in the National League, and I'm feeling wow. really good about that. I mean, when you really think about what he's doing, okay, uh, as a hitter so far this season, he's 9 for 20, and he scored four runs. Four runs is exactly the number of earned runs he's allowed as a pitcher in two months, okay? <laughs> so he has matched <laughs> his, his, uh, what, he's, what he's given up as a pitcher in 51 innings, I think is the count, uh, by what he's doing as a hitter. Uh, you know, he has the 0.71 ERA. He has struck out 46% of the batters he's faced. I talked to Dom Smith, his teammate, last Friday, and I asked him, how, you know, how do the Mets players, the guys in the clubhouse, view DeGrom? And Dom just gave this big smile. He goes, like a mythic figure. <laughs> you mean like a superhero? He goes, yeah. And he said that there are times, you know, during the course of games, that when you see DeGrom get mad, and he's such an understated personality, and you, you, you can't necessarily see a ton of emotion in his face, but Dom says you can see him get mad, and he's like, you, you know he's going to strike out everybody. He's going to strike out the side because he just gets so angry uh, with what happens. And uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, for me right now, the National League MVP would either be Ronald Acuna Jr., it would be Chris Bryant, or it would be Jacob DeGrom. He, he's something else. That's Buster only, 104.5, the team in New York State. Have him in his top three. Yeah. Thinks he can absolutely win the MVP. Uh, I have him at 25 to 1. Took a flyer on him probably a month or so ago at 25 to 1. I would actually, I disagree with Buster. I think Tatis has to be in the top three right now. When you factor in how many games he's missed, the Padres record overall this year, what he means to that team, uh, I would have him a little bit ahead of Acuna. Yeah. But uh, regardless, you know, we can nitpick all day long if you would like. Uh, I, you know, some voters, again, they. Could easily look at this and say, I, I can't possibly put a pitcher on my ballot. I can't, I can't give him a first-place vote. That could happen. But with what he's doing right now, and I talked about this with, with Otani several times. Like, if Otani stays healthy, he's going to win the American League MVP because voters absolutely love him. If he stays healthy, continues out, like on the pace that he's... What, so his bats died down a little bit. What did you do, go out and strike out 10 over the weekend? Right. Okay. Right. Well, So if you're going to... I just feel like if you're going to reward Otani for what he does as a pitcher in terms of the race for MVP, 
Like, this should be able to count Jacob deGrom in terms of this, right? And you look at the guys around him, if you're talking about just odds and at the top, for example, Fernando Tatis, one of the things that I think a lot of people have had a problem with, and he had a great play over the weekend, you know, 89, it's like, it's like 898 in terms of his fielding percentage. Oh, you know, his sure, de- His sure. defense is not spe- immaculate at this point right now. It's something that could potentially hold him back. Acuna Jr. is on a team that right now is scuffling in a division that is perfectly winnable, right? So I think that that's the other part, too, is if DeGrom is going to be part of a team that right now is in the lead in their division, do they eventually win that? And given all the injuries that they had too yeah. for a while, and he's been keeping this team afloat, hundred percent. He's still like eight, seven, eight to one right now to an MVP. William Hill, Fanduel, the two spots that high still, huh? Yeah. Mm. I saw. Well, he brought up Buster. Did he brought up Chris Bryant? I have nothing on Chris Bryant this year. I, I tell you, right now at fifteen to one, yeah, that actually might be the best bet on the board in terms of overall. You know, looking at those numbers, like he has the same number right now as Nolan Arenado. Yeah. I okay, I'd r- much rather have Chris Bryant today. The Nolan Arenado and what this uh, you know surprising Cubs team is doing so far this year, but Castellanos and the Reds are coming on. They have a lethal offense. We saw Winker yesterday hit three more home runs. Yeah, come on. I got to sweat this out, Winker. And it's, it's two months into the season. I get it, but we have all like I got Vlad forty-five to one to lead in home runs at the end of the year. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you please, can you do me a favor, Vlad? Can you hit like four home runs this week? I'm not asking for too much here. I Just fe- extend the lead slightly for me so I can like dial it back on the blood pressure. I, I feel like Winker career high in terms of home runs, 16. I, <laughs> I, I th- he's already got 17. I feel like that's going to die down at some point. How many, like how, but how many guys? I know. <laughs> it could be Winker. Right? It, it could be Castellanos like we talked about. It could be Bryant. It Olsen, could be Tatis. It could be Devers, Olsen. Yep. It could be one of like 20 guys. This Garcia kid from Texas. One of the three Chicago Cubs who all of a sudden are just hitting every single ball out of the park. Ba- ba- you're right. Baez? Yeah, Devers has 15. He's still 28 to 1. Yep. Jeez. Hanniger. Well, I think the thing you like about a guy like Devers, too, is think about the ballparks that he routinely plays in, too. Yep. Right? Sure. Really helps you in that regard. This is going to be nuts. Like 20 guys within five home runs. But this is the time, man. Like during the future, like for the futures market, this is the time to really like dig through and find some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, humans found, and he talked about this on the air a couple years ago, Chris Davis was leading baseball in home runs at the All-Star break, 22-1. to 1. Him and I both had it that year. I mean, yeah, yep. I had to bet it once you guys started. Yeah, uh, up next, updated series prices after the NBA action this weekend, and what the Hawks did in Game 1 was remarkable. It seems unlikely that it's sustainable. We'll discuss coming up next. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.